Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we're talking about Buyer's Agent's Commission. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 65. How's it going today? Well, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I thought we were only talking about... You, now, now we're only going to talk about buyer's commissions? Well, the, the news story is a class action lawsuit. And for those of you who, who have been paying attention, our news story is probably not just going to be the news today. It's probably going to take over the whole discussion. Um, a class action lawsuit about buyer's commission. But I, if it wants to spiral into commission in general, I think that's okay. I think you can't talk about one without the other. Not really mutually exclusive. It's like peanut butter and jam. <laughs> yeah, some people. Yeah, you don't. Or peanut butter and Nutella. Jam and Nutella. Jam and Nutella. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> All right, so today on Multiple Offers, we're talking about Jer's weird uh, breakfast combos. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually, I can't even remember the last time I had a piece of peanut butter and jam toast. I, I don't eat it, but I make it for my children constantly. Do you ever sneak a bite? I usually um, clean the knife. With your, with your <laughs> face. I, I take two fingers, I pull it off, yeah. and then I suck on oh, my yeah. thumb. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is great insight into Jeff's, I'm going back Jeff's to being mornings. A child, I I have peanut butter and jam well, sandwich for breakfast. That's the first thing I eat every day. Yeah, like is it the, it the minute I wake up? That's your everyday breakfast. Well, I have another breakfast after, but that's the first second thing breakfast. I eat. First breakfast. <laughs> yeah, because okay. it's, it's fast. It gets like 600 calories in like that. It's what our listeners need to know if they can't picture it <laughs> is that Matt is, is not a large man, and the, the amount he eats is impressive. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> yeah, your metabolism is just working overdrive. <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah. yeah. What's going on? You guys been up to anything exciting since the last time we chatted? Well, I got a parking ticket yesterday. Ooh. And so that was exciting. One of the uh, two-hour spots, or what happened? Uh, no, I was at. We've got a new list, listing at that that bo- amazing Boza Tower, River Sky, mm-hmm. the newest, latest, most exclusive uh, building tower on the key. Okay. Uh, um, I saw that uh, you posted on Instagram a picture made, of Matt sleeping in. The I bed. made yeah, I made an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it comes with a really cool. Not that we're not pitching listings here, but it, it has a weird like a single bed fold out Murphy bed thing. It, did your two? Of, did your two bedroom? have No, that? the one I sold didn't have in there. I I wonder if it was maybe an optional buy because I've seen it in some of the other ones. In the other two beds, it seems like every one bedroom has this bed. In it. Maybe it was just the one bedroom's case, and it looks like it's little in the pictures. It like fits it's a, not. It like fits a, a mat. It's not like a normal. No, but I mean, it doesn't take up as much room as a normal Murphy bed. Maybe is that is that true, or am I just looking at the pictures weird? I, I, well, because it's only it's a, a single, single yeah. It, yeah. It's, so it's pretty sort of it's compact, inconspicuous. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, we were we we're doing our staging thing because it's vacant and it they just it's you know it's nice to have some furniture in there to show the, the proportion, proportions and things. And we park in the underground, which is monitored by Advanced, same company that did the the. Um, it's not in park; it's just it's another company. But anyways, right. um, it doesn't really matter who the company is. Either way, they gave me a freaking ticket. Were, were uh, you in a visitor spot or a in pay there? Spot? No, we were in the under, underground, no, which is, I guess is, is, is oh. technically like key parking. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe Boza still they own that parking area, but. Um, 
for whatever reason, there's an elevator from the building that goes right down into that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we bypassed the lobby. It was working great. We've been to there probably three or four times using those spots without paying. So Matt thinks it was, we were kind of due for it. (laughs) I was pushing my luck. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) But but I didn't, I haven't gotten one of those kind of private tickets in a while and it's, it's 70 bucks. If, if I pay in the first week. Yeah, I'm used to the City of New West parking tickets. Which, How much are the New West? They're ones? like 30 bucks. Yeah. Right. And I'll, your I'll chance, roll, I think your chances of a private parking ticket are way higher than New West. Much I think I think New West probably just has... I, I've only ever seen the one... Like, there's two of them, but there's one group going around. It seems like it's always the same guy. He, he's got the sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're yeah. a little more uh, habitual and diligent with the private lots, which I kind of knew. That's why I said to Jerry, I was like, oh, we were pushing our luck. Yeah, you know, fair enough. So oh, Matt also got the same ticket. Yeah, we were parked beside each other. We each got so one. So that's kind of insult to industry. You guys didn't didn't carpool down? You both? Oh. We arrived separately. Oh. I, I, well, I had been there much longer than Jer, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I really yeah. it. I don't know if it works like that though. You can tell them like I was I was really only breaking your your parking lot rules for a short period of time. Right. It's if you get caught. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how yeah. long. No, no, you get caught, you get caught. We saw her when she was writing them. She had just finished and she like ran to her car. She <laughs> saw us and I was like, Oh, that was me. And I was being nice, but yeah, I don't blame her. She's just like, uh, I'm getting out of here right now. No, that's gotta be <laughs> one of the worst jobs for running into people that you're dealing with. <laughs> Like, I can't think of another job that you want to run into people less. Maybe, like, an actual police officer who's, you know, arresting, like, real criminals. But Yeah, uh, she's just a single female in, like, this underground parking lot with no one around. And she's there as Matt and I are walking two, out six foot three to, tall our, men. to our vehicles. <laughs> right. Excuse me. So, we got hands uh, full of stuff like we've been moving. So she understands exactly what happened. But she's right. like, job's done. Job's done. Job done. You know, huh. the, the, the real learning for me yesterday, though, was not about parking. Okay. It was that we did our photo shoot, and it was our first photo shoot, my first photo shoot in years without Danielle. Oh, yeah. New, you, new lady. You cheated on Danielle? No. She had no, a baby. Danielle had a baby. She's on that leave. Friend of the Danielle show. Danielle cheated on you. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we talk about Danielle like listeners should know her because she's been on the show. Right. I think it was episode 19 or 20. One of our most downloaded episodes. Yeah. Talking pictures. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we she wasn't there. She's on mat leave. So, so like for me... Was I've it been, weird? Yeah. Because I've been working with her as my only photographer for probably more than three years. Does you, So your relationship with Danielle predates the New West guys being a team? Yes. Yep. Wow. <laughs> that I, I don't have one photographer I work with. I've got probably three. They all work for the same company, but it rotates. Hmm. But I think about, I do every listing video with the same videographer, and it would be really uncomfortable trying, you know, you just get into a flow with people, and you just get comfortable. Yeah, like, we're spoiled, like, she knows how we work. Right. We know her really well, just personally now. Yeah. So the conversation is fun. It's easy. Yeah. 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 The process just kind of really moves along, and we just got this new person who knows nothing about us. Yeah. And... Yep. Yeah, she was the new person recommended by her. Well, she, they were interviewing. The company yeah, was, yeah, so was it's, hiring. It's a it's a company that employs Danielle, right? So Danielle helped recruit the the temporary uh, replacement. Yeah, to cover the mat leaf. So yeah, Danielle essentially hired her and trained her. Got it. Yeah, it was a good warm up for her. She yeah. she has. I'm not sure if Danielle's like prep fully vet like prepped her and been like. Most of the time, you're going to show up, and Jeremiah are going to be there, and it's going to be a bunch of crap. You're going to be moving out of the way, of <laughs> from room from room to room. Well, uh, we're spoiled because Danielle knows exactly what to expect when she shows up. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> that huh. was something new. 
What's going on with you, Jeff? I had a really frustrating conversation yesterday with a banker. Your, your banker? No. So um, I've got an accepted offer on a house in New West right now. And my clients um, decided not to go with uh, the mortgage broker I recommended because they have a family member uh, who works for uh, HSBC. And they got all of these, like, oh, they have all these first-time buyer specials, and it's fantastic, and, uh, like, way better rate than what everybody else is getting, offered to first-time buyers, and fantastic. But the the banker I'm dealing with, I'm pretty sure, has never worked on a mortgage <laughs> in his life. And the client is at this point, too. Like, she's so frustrated with how, how it's going. Um, I got a call from him yesterday, and he's like... Did you book the appraisal? Wow, that's next level. Yeah, right? (laughs) So for listeners who might not know, um, it's the bank's job to book an appraisal when you apply for a mortgage. It's usually one of the last steps because the bank wants to verify that the amount they're spending is worth it. This is something done for the bank. It's their, yeah, it's their diligence. By the bank. But this gets next level because... So I'm like, okay, well, normally the buyer's agent isn't involved in that at all, but let me call the listing agent and find out. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. So I call the listing agent. And she's like, yeah, the appraiser's coming through tomorrow morning at nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> the appraiser never calls the buyer agent. They, no. they need access to the house, which is the listing agent's job. So I call him back and I'm like, yeah, it's coming through tomorrow at nine. This is a day before subject removal. And he's like, well, why so late? And at this point, I'm ready to lose my mind. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this has nothing to do with me. You're the person who books this. And and it's not the listing agent's fault. Like, she just gives access. Like, how are you this? And at this point, I'm looking at his email signature. And nowhere on the email signature does it say mortgages. It says mutual fund manager. Yeah. And I feel like this is totally his first rodeo. Like, it just... Well, he shouldn't even be doing one in the first place if he just... Yeah, if no, he's a fund he's, manager. And, like, every step of the way. And, and, you know, they're not getting the rate from them that they... Like, the advertised super special deal, I think you have to be really hard qualification. It's just been a bit of a, a mess. But it really makes me thankful for all the times I've worked with mortgage brokers that I know and love who are just like, I think we said this on the notary episode, but it applies to every profession. Like when you've got a good one, you just don't notice, right? Like the problems don't show up where you're like, why don't you know how this works? Yeah. 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 They make it look easy. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how we earn our money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like You made all this money. It looked like you didn't do any work. That's kind of the objective. Did, did you just set that up like crazy there? Like your, your amazing transition, Matt? <laughs> I hear you've been doing this for a while. I feel like I'm getting better at it. Yeah, that was pretty smooth. So why don't we get into uh, what's going on on how, how we earn our money? Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. 
All right, so we're skipping the news bumper, right? Did we just skip the news bumper? Yeah, that was the main discussion. That was the main discussion bumper. And I'm hijacking the news because it's actually going to become a bit of a discussion. So there's been a lot of talk lately about a class action lawsuit that's happening in the States. And I think the reason that this is getting a lot of media attention is because of who the lawyers are that are doing it. It's these lawyers who who took on and won big a big Aaron lawsuit Brockovich? against uh, Big Tobacco. Diamond and Diamond. Yeah, so no. I don't know who their names Selino are. And but essentially what the lawsuit states is that um, <laughs> the way home... And this, this basically originates from... In Chicago, and the lawsuit is against National Association of Realtors. Matt's making faces at me I'm over there. I'm still laughing about my lawyer jingles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where houses I cost fifty thousand dollars for a house. I can't imagine how much the commission is going to be. Yeah, we're going after. Well, they're 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 saying six um, percent uh, is the average commission in in this lawsuit. And there's a few things that we'll maybe take. Okay, on hold on. You're doing a news story right now. So you're, you're in the news story. I'm in the you're news summarizing story. The Just news let story. him do the I'm, news, I'm, man. I'm trying to trying to discuss what happened. Um, but who, where's the, where's the story from? Did I miss that part? Yeah, you were you were humming your jingle <laughs> to yourself. Um, so the the news story is all over the place. Um, the article I liked the most, it seemed the most balanced, was on a website called Bankrate.com, but it's it's on a bunch of different American. Websites. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of finding that when we were talking mortgage stuff last week, that a lot of these sort of rate type mortgage websites are becoming a little more newsy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, lawsuit is being filed out of Chicago, and they're saying that uh, essentially the National Association of Realtors is artificially inflating the buyer's side of the commission. And and what they're arguing is that what you pay your seller, like your listing agent, what the seller pays them is uh, totally negotiable. They have no issue with any of that. What they're saying, though, is that the National Association of Realtors has created a monopoly where you have to pay 3% to the buyer's agent, and it's not fair that the seller's agent is the one paying the commission. Why isn't the buyer's agent getting paid by the person who's employing the buyer? Which I think there's some interesting uh, discussion around all of that. Now, uh, the National Association of Realtors, which is an American company, but we we work the same way. We um, our commission is traditionally paid for by the listing agent as an incentive to bring the buyer. Um, their response to the claim is that three percent is not a fixed rate. There, you know, you can have a. There is a minimum fee you have to pay a buyer's agent in the states, and it's one dollar. That's uh, the same as ours. Yeah, it's the same as ours. <laughs> yeah, um, and that you know the amount is determined by the seller and the seller's broker. NRA and the MLS do not get involved in that at all. There's all sorts of discount models. So, you know, you said NRA. So you can't, NAR. You can't have yeah, the National <laughs> Rifle no Association does not get involved. And that a buyer's broker is free to negotiate the amount of the commission they get paid with the seller. So what do we think about this? So who's going after, just recap, I was following, but yeah, there's a class action lawsuit against NAR. Yeah, and so because it's class action, they're essentially saying, and I don't have this right in front of me, but I think what they said was anybody who's bought a home in the last five years, they're claiming you paid that 3% because it's worked into the sale price and you we're going to sue to get all that commission back. I don't understand why that would be justified. Yeah, I'm just, just I don't, I can't follow that part. Yeah. 
Maybe like, that's just because we're real. We're real terrorists. Well, I, I, <laughs> well I, I, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense personally, but I think it opens up an interesting discussion of why does the listing agent pay the sellers or the buyer's commission? Should it be that way? Would it be better to have the buyers pay the commission? Well, it's funny to think that somehow they they feel like the buyer should be credited that money back. One, they didn't pay it. They're no. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. But one, the buyer got a service. So to get all of the commission back doesn't right. make any sense to me because a service was rendered. Right. Now, I think the buyer did pay it, Jerry. You can it's easy to argue. They paid a hundred thousand dollars for a house and then they paid six thousand dollars on top of that in commission. So they paid one hundred and six thousand dollars. That's what the seller got was one hundred and six thousand dollars. And then the seller paid six thousand dollars in commission. That gets down a slippery slope though, right? Because what about the other services? Like, did they pay for the cleaner that came in? Did they pay for the lawyer? Did they pay like like it? I don't know. And and you'd have to break down past sales. And you, does you, it actually? It's hard it's because not every black, house it's is not black different. and white. No, but, no, but you can't seller, say that that, per, that, that clearly paid that extra five thousand on that house, and that was the buyer's commission. You, I don't think you can actually equate it to that. Well, you uh, came up with a number that the seller was willing to accept that that covered those amounts that were being paid, but you can't yeah. you can't like. Well, I'm oversimplifying it. it because the seller signed a contract knowing they're going to pay a commission, and precisely what that is. Yeah, and when they decide what to accept. They're subtracting the commission to figure out what their net payout is. So they know that the seller knows that they're paying out a commission. The reason why it's, it's, I think it's still formed as part of the seller paying it out instead of the buyer paying it directly is because you can lump it into your mortgage. Yeah. And I, I also think like if we took a bunch of different commission models, like let's say, and our, our numbers don't tend to be one percentage, but just to keep the example simple, let's say 6% was the average here. And let's just note that that's much higher than what is typical oh. in BC. Oh, yeah. Our, <laughs> our commissions are, are a lot lower than that. Um, our prices are higher, so it gets all over the place. Like, I, I would think the BC average uh, commission... Anyway, that's a different discussion. So let's say 6% is average, and we take three houses that are all the same in Chicago. If one guy pays 4%, one guy pays 6%, and one guy pays 8%, I don't think those sale prices are going to be exactly inflated or deflated by those percentages. Agreed. Yeah. But every individual seller knew what their net was and knew that they were paying a commission that would go to their agent representing the seller and to an agent representing the buyer. And yeah. the buyer, when they're negotiating their price, that those two people, buyer and seller negotiating, the price that the buyer is negotiating, the seller is taking into account yep. that a commission will be paid to the agent representing the buyer. Oh, I think it's for sure a factor. I just don't think it's it's as simple as I paid a thousand dollars. I want a thousand dollars. Like I, I just, I just no, think it, no. It I oversimplified yeah. it in yeah. the example just to show though that it is part of the sale price, and when they're negotiating, it is part of it. And you know, you could go and we've talked about it before with fee agreements, where if the buyer's agent isn't being offered commission, there is the option for in the negotiation essentially to say, well, then if the seller won't pay five thousand dollars in commission then we have to note here that the buyer will be paying $5,000 in commission and we're just going to let you know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, that your price is now being reflected by that. Yep. Right? You said that. Oh, yeah. What, two episodes ago? Yeah. When they were talking about withholding your commission. You said, well, then I'll just have to tell them that the price will be less. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it becomes a factor. I just, 
like there are a lot of factors, right? Like a lot of times people are like, oh, I spent $100,000 on renovations. So I need $100,000 more on my sale price. And, and we know it doesn't, it's not that simple. It doesn't work exactly on a one-to-one basis. And I think the commission is kind of like that too. Like a lot of times you see different commission structures and it definitely isn't, oh, this guy paid 2% more commission and he sold for 2% higher. It can, sometimes it's way higher. Sometimes it's way lower. Oh, no. It's not going to work when you're comparing one house to another in values. But every individual transaction, I guarantee you, every seller knew what their net was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. They knew. Well, it's part of our rules now, too. The the new rules, we have to sit down and break down uh, with the sellers before... before they sign the contract, here's exactly how much money you're paying out in commission, which I think is a good thing. The silly part of our new rules is we have to break it down at every counter offer. And you're like, okay, the commission changed by $5. <laughs> I need you to sign this paper again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where it got a bit silly. But I'm having uh, still a hard time understanding where they think they're going to be successful with this lawsuit to say that a buyer deserves all of their commission back. A service was rendered mm-hmm. and it was effectively paid. Because yeah. it, you could, if you wanted to argue it that way, in every one of those negotiations, if it was $3,000 or $6,000, you could have just said, okay, well, Mr. Seller, you're paying $6,000, you're paying a total of $12,000 in commission and $6,000 is going to come to my representative as the buyer. Right. Uh, let's, we've agreed on a price. Let's subtract $6,000 because I have to pay it to my guy. Mm-hmm. Once you're at that point and you've agreed on a price, that to me wouldn't be a difficult conversation. Because it's 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 black and white. It's you were going to pay this six thousand dollars anyway. I'm going to subtract it from the price because I have to pay it to my guy directly. Mm-hmm. It would all play out exactly the same way. So I don't see how the buyers could say that they don't have to pay a commission that it has to come back to them. I'm I'm right. very confused at what the basis is of this lawsuit. I guess you're saying it's price fixing is why they're saying it. Yeah, they're they're it. saying yeah. it's a monopoly, which here in in BC, I, I don't know about the States because we, none of us sell real estate there, but here, I mean, we see all sorts of buyers commissions. We, we see, you know, we're not supposed to use standard, but there's kind of a, a rate that we see most often. There's a normal expected. Yeah. Sometimes we see weird ones where people have shaved like $300 off and you're like, why did he take the time to, to do that? Sometimes you see bonuses where it's higher than the whole, average, the and sometimes of, you see way less where you're like, oh, okay. The um, whole way that we calculate it is just, it seems archaic and, and strange to me. Yeah. Um, especially when you see on the buyer side when we're offering our, how much we're offering to the commission. Um, I'll just take a number out of the sky. Let's say it's 3.255% uh, <laughs> on the first 100,000 and one point something yeah. uh, balance. Oh, you but mean 1.1625? Yeah. It's just an arbitrary number. Yeah. Okay. So you see that. Like, first of all, why is it broken into the two the two numbers? I mean, we know why it, it's because houses were were you know a lot cheaper yeah, it's, back it's in the day. It's a carryover from when it was, but real it's just interesting. Was so that, cheap here that you needed a little bump, or people couldn't afford to sell real estate. It's interesting that we yeah. still see that though. Like, it's just no one's questioning why. Like, should this be different? This doesn't make sense anymore. But it's just the way that it's been done. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about the baseline here for our sellers. Then, so we talked about how in the states, six percent is sort of a, a very much expected commission. Mm-hmm. That's the total commission that the seller would pay, and it's roughly a fifty-fifty split to the seller's representative and the buyer's representative. My understanding is that's quite common across a lot of Canada as well. Definitely in Ontario. 
I think in Ontario, you're going to find somewhere between five and six would yeah. be, uh, again, competition bureau, and, but averages. And that number has yeah. been declining from six to five because values in Ontario are very similar to what they are here. Right. Right. And yeah. so you say, well, our prices are here, are higher here in BC or the Vancouver area. So, yeah. you know, it's justified we charge less. Well, in Ontario, no, they're charging. Our, our prices are still higher on average than Toronto, but not by huge, huge. Gaps. Yeah. It's not, not a, not a massive yeah. gap. There's still, yeah. there's still much higher commissions getting paid. Yes. In, yes. Uh, your, in your average, at least 50, your average 50% Toronto more. agent is going to be making a lot more money per, per deal. Yeah. Than, than you were. So that's yeah. sort of the baseline. But they got to live in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to give the listeners some perspective there. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the number we keep sort of dancing around here, the most common number, again, being no set number, the most common commission that's existed in our region since what, probably the 70s, is 7% on the first $100,000 of the sale price and 2.5% on the balance. Yeah. That's the most common. Now, in the last 10 years, that has become a lot more varied. But that is the baseline that yeah. if you talk to an agent who existed in the 80s and the 90s, they have a very hard time dealing with anything beyond that. Yeah. And and the varied goes both ways. Yes. Like I know a lot of agents who are charging eight and three now. Um, so eight in the first hundred, three percent of the balance. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's there's people charging less. Like it's it's all over the place, as it should be. I mean, it should be negotiable what different agents decide to charge for their services because... There's lots of different levels of service yep. too. And then there's the discount brokerages, right? So yeah. 1% realty, yeah. uh, not exactly hiding what they're up to. 1% is what they charge. Yeah, or <laughs> is it 6000 uh, Minimum 6000 yeah. or 1%. So yeah. if it's a higher price listing, then yeah. you just pay 1%. And they offer half of that to uh, the agent for the buyer, yeah. uh, which is taking a real haircut when you're out there representing a buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So going back to all those uh, funny numbers that Jerry, you were making mm. up there, right? With the the split, so we take seven percent of the first hundred, two and a half percent of the balance, and then it's forty six and a half percent of that is offered to the yeah. agent for the buyer. Was the most normal thing in the nineties. And to go back to Jer's point, I would love it if we charged just a flat percentage, like instead of instead of seven and two and a half or yeah. seven and three, because it, it's easier for the people. The the problem I've encountered is it's like this weird circle that feeds itself. Realtors have been charging seven and two and a half. And when you say a flat number, a lot of people are like, uh, are you trying to trick me? Like I was told it was, so even though it would be better, it's not the norm. And so the norm, it, it scares people sometimes. And, and then I, I don't know how, like I know you guys experimented with a bit for doing, are you still doing so a flat Jer, number? Jer had the guts to do this. Yeah. And this is what the new West guys do. We we are breaking the norm. So you you guys do a a, a sort of a, a set number and then it's one number against the whole price. Yep. One whole one price. percentage price. It against does the whole not price. work in the way that we charge three percent, and that's just what it is across the board. It's it, it is it's modified so that it is within the realm of what so uh, similarly. So you're peop- kind of doing the math. And then yes. just 100%. figuring out what would the... Like, you're it charging the same price, but you're just making it easier yeah, to understand. We, we end up charging anywhere between, like, almost 3% up to 4%. 3 to 4 because depending on the value. Depending on the value. Right. Because charging 4% on a $1.5 million listing really is unfair. It gets... It it's gets too much. Yeah, it gets right. pretty high. So. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing that's interesting is I see the commissions you offer to buyer's agents... And I understand why you do this, but I think it's an interesting uh, talking point. 
you still have to break the commission you pay down <laughs> into 3.25 and 1.1625. What or they're used to seeing. Yeah, because you could offer the, like, the flat number would a lot of times buyers agents too. Like if you don't see that number, you're like, wait, what are these guys doing? Yeah. If I offered 1.8%, if they don't yeah. do the math and they just purely look at the optics of it, they're like, those guys are up to no good. Right. What's yeah. this funny business? Yeah. Um, Why are the new West guys trying to <laughs> screw me over? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. And I think part of that too is, well, cause obviously people aren't used to seeing it. So it just automatically the optics looks like they're, sh- you know, I'm getting a haircut on this, like, like Matt said, but I think also part of, um, kind of the 1% model is they kind of see that 1% and they just kind of, maybe their brain sort of thinks they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. they're, they're cutting, they're cutting like my, what I earn for the work I'm doing for my buyer. They're, they're pulling that, that out. What, um, I'm, I'm super curious about how do you present this to sellers and what is the reaction? Uh, it's, it's pretty easy to present it. I mean, it's here's how much we think your house is going to sell for right around here. And here's what this percentage actually means, you know, in terms of dollar amount. So you're like, this is going to cost you probably around 15, 16,000 plus GST. And around half of that goes to the buyer's agent. And do you by default break it down into like, Hey, I'm presenting it this way, but the kind of normal way most realtors are presenting it is this they're actually the same. Like, do you show them that or? I offer that up when we start yeah. talking about commission. It's yeah. like, okay, so are you familiar with sort of the historic norm? Right. Yeah. And if they say no, then I, I kind of just go over it really quick. I'm like the historic number is this weird mix, yeah. but this is the way we do it. But dollar value, like Jeremy is saying is more important. Like you're going to pay $15,000 or roughly $20,000. Right. If they're familiar with the historic norm, if they've sold before, yeah. then I'll get into it. And I actually have, we actually have a spreadsheet. So mm-hmm. it, it it automatically calculates the formula. I'm shocked that you have yeah. a spreadsheet. Yeah. So you you just you you put in the the value of the property, yeah. and then it will show you exactly what seven and two and a half would be, and then seven percent and three 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 percent of the balance. Yeah, and then all of these other variables three point one three point two three point three. Yeah, you know whatever it is to show you that it's fair. Right. So I just put it right there in front of them. I go, we did the math. Hmm. This is what you're historically used to. This is how we're doing it so that it's fair. Yeah. And our commission is different, not just depending on the value, but depending on what we provide. See, that's really interesting. Um, Which it should be. <laughs> I, I, I was talking to um, an agent in, in Surrey who, who's a fantastic realtor, and he, he does that as well. He, he offers, when he sits down on his CMA, he offers three different commissions, but it's service-based. It's, this is what you can expect from me at this level. This is what you can expect at this and the other. And that was the first time I'd heard about it when he was telling me about it. And I, I thought, what an interesting um, value proposition. Like, I, I liked it. And it's very clear when he presents it, okay, you, you have the choice here. You can, you can get this level of service, this level, and, and you pay different based on what you what you need and what marketing goes well into and it. too like looking at you look at it sort of through the lens of like with the way a contractor is bidding on work um you know we're going to do an evaluation and then we might see that like okay this is going to take a lot of hands-on and because matt and i are so hands-on like am i you know my arranging trades to come in here am i cleaning right. am i moving furniture am i yeah. how much like what's is the, it what concierge is, what, service what, yeah. uh, <laughs> is it the, the elite <laughs> premium plus plus package yeah because yeah. we, we essentially spent an entire two days of work prepping that river sky river sky condo Right. Right? Yeah. So that gets factored into the commission. Well, and, and that's a good point, too. Like, let's say you've uh, taken amazing care of your home and, and you're an interior designer by trade. You probably don't need that and don't want to pay for that yeah. service. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it, But when yeah. we're providing actual furniture, 
Yeah, you know, it then, makes sense. To then, me. then we yeah. go for it. But it's like, well, if you don't need that stuff, then then the commission will be over here at this point, right? right. Yeah. So, it's so important, I think, to look yeah. at look at the service level and look at like you know we spell it out in our on our schedule A what you know what's actually getting like at, in your listing agreement. Here's what we're providing. Here's your your contractual agreement. But then here's also a service list of what here's the you know, above what and what are you. Yeah. yeah, what are you actually getting? What are you paying for? What are you getting for that? Right. Um, which is important. Like if you're looking at apples to apples comparisons between agents, I mean, you do a ton of stuff for your listings that lots of people don't do. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about what so what you're paying, you know, should that person be paying, getting paid more for that level of service? Um, or, you know, or should those other folks be charging less because of their level of service? One thing that really frustrates me about our industry is and I think what you guys are doing goes a long way to establishing it is you need to kind of educate clients that not all realtors are the same, right? The level of service you're getting, and there's a lot of realtors charging the exact same price, mm-hmm. and some of them are doing amazing, and some of them should be charging discount brokerage prices. Because they're putting the sign in the lawn and then they're done. Taking photos with their cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So Honestly, you're getting paid thousands of dollars in commission. You can't pay $100 to hire a photographer. Oh, yeah. Like, take the job seriously. Like, it uh, it, it drives me, me nuts. And it's frustrating because we get lumped. We all get lumped into this kind of same thing. And there, there's, I mean... We're all independent contractors. Everybody's basically running their own business model. And um, yeah. there, there's people going way above and beyond. And there's people totally just phoning yeah. it in. And it's yeah. to- it's so complicated because there's the tangible items yeah. of going above and beyond. Right. Right. Where, yeah. you know, Jeff creates a video. Well, that is pretty obvious sure. to the seller yeah. what has been provided. Yeah. You spent time at the home creating it. Mm-hmm. And then there's something out there that's tangible that's very obvious. Well, and you can see the results too. Like you're like, oh, wow, 5,000 people watch this yeah. <laughs> like, there's also the money part of the reason why it is kind of commissioned is is because there's an outlay of cash here for these listings upwards of you know a thousand plus dollars oh yeah for something that you might not get back you, or no revenue on that right no you know yeah. so yeah that's the other part right so there's the obvious tangible parts you deliver yeah and then there's the risk factor so people go why do you get paid a certain amount and you go well there's the possibility that i spend all this money and don't get paid yeah. Right. And then there's the Chris Dupuy factor. So what you brought up earlier in the show, Jeff, right? Of yeah. you make it look easy. Right. You make it look like you didn't do any work. Well, the the soft skills are the hard to quantify <laughs> skills, right? Like, what is it worth that you've been negotiating thirty of these things every year for ten years, or whatever that number is, right? Like that's that. There's value there, and he, and you cannot tell me that that's the same value as a guy who does three a year for five years. You don't know when you have an agent who is a professional at talking their way out of deals. You just think, <laughs> oh, well, we, we got an offer. You know, we tried, we negotiated, it didn't come together. That doesn't necessarily sound like a problem as a seller. What they don't know is there are some people, because I feel really strongly about this, who are really talented at keeping deals together yeah. and taking their ego, putting it aside and working it out. I, I did a, a negotiation uh, two weeks ago that did not come together. The agent, uh, or sorry, not the agent. There was no agent on the other side. It was a builder who insisted, I don't need a realtor. I don't want a realtor. How many times were like, look, go get a realtor. Get somebody to represent you. Nothing. He's dealing with a uh, senior seller. And he managed to make her so angry 
that in the end she was not willing to accept something that she would have accepted if he just paid played by fair. And it was all the little things that I think if there'd been an agent who was experienced on the other hand would never have done. Like he says to us in front of the seller, I love this place. I'm going to have an offer for you. I'm going to get my lawyer to review it tonight. I'll send it to you in the morning. Two days later, an offer comes in. Right. Well, that little old lady sat and waited thinking her house was going to sell for two days and got angrier and angrier (laughs) and angrier. And then he had told her something and it wasn't the way he told it in the contract. And just every little break of trust along the way to the point where she got her back up against the wall and was like, he can take my original counteroffer or nothing because I don't want to sell it to him. And we couldn't put a deal together that if he just had a professional advising him, I'm sure there was a deal there. Yeah. Yeah. I think a hundred percent there was opportunity to get something done and yeah. you can, people can talk their way out of it. And you now that person doesn't have an agent representing them at all, but you get agents who oh, yeah. play all sorts of similar games. Oh, and, and, yeah. and again, my, my point, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all, Jeff, but it's just that the sellers don't realize that there was a deal there. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. that, that the agent representing them or the buyers, right? Like it's not, obviously this isn't on you. Your seller shouldn't be like, well, Jeff, you couldn't do it. The guy, <laughs> no, the, the, the seller the actually, guy. I think, uh, um, uh, she bought me a gift card when it was all done. Cause she was like, that man was horrible. And I'm so sorry you did all that work. And, uh, and we didn't get something together. And, um, I took it. Because uh, it was a lot of work and she decided not to sell. <laughs> so. right. You know, so I think that's the other confusing part of our commission yeah. is is not even just negotiating, but all the back end stuff, the preparation. Jerry and I were talking about it with the photographer in the elevator yesterday as we're leaving. We were yeah. just kind of joking that because we told her it was late. We did the Twilight photo shoot last night Ooh. and we just told her as we're leaving, we said, um, you don't need to get us the photos tonight. Like don't go home and rush to edit and send these to us. Yeah. Tomorrow is fine. The listing starts next week. We're not one of these guys who says, you know, you show up to take the photos right. and we're like, can you get those to me on a rush? Cause it's already on MLS. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's, we find that is incredibly important value to our, our clients, oh, our the sellers. the launch is so important. Yeah, that we're doing it properly. We're not just like, oh, we signed it up. Okay, well, yeah, okay, it'll start tomorrow. We'll take the pictures and we'll just kind of pull it all together and find right. a way. You know, it is, it is done by design and it looks smooth and easy and all, you know, put together because there was a plan. There's a system. <laughs> and sometimes it actually, and it sells quickly. And there's another trap of a seller being like, well, that wasn't a lot of work for you. <laughs> You're like, but I mean, we talked about insider kind of information last week or whatever. Um, but I mean, sometimes we know like, Hey, I know this buyer's waiting for this floor plan. I know we've just kind of been able to time things and, and get that done. Yeah because of that that knowledge and, and experience. Well, and, and hopefully when you hire a realtor, one of the goals is sell it in a timely manner. Like, let's not give it away. And I, I mean, we all have lots of listings that take longer than we hope to sell. But I think the goal is to sell it for the most amount of money in the quickest amount of time, right? Isn't that what they're hiring us for? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That is what everybody wants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. It's, it's tricky, man. So we've got the tangible items, the negotiating, yeah. the planning. I don't know. Where else do we get burned? Do, 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 <laughs> we, think that, do we think there's any push from, from the public, from buyers to, to, like for full transparency, move the buyer's commission onto them as, oh, another, as another item for, their, for them to think of when they're purchasing? I do not think buyers want to... 
to be told to write Jeff a check for $10,000. Yeah, I think most on, buyers on top, on top of PTT and- prefer the way it is done now. In fact, I think one of the biggest barriers is if we ever tried to move it here, I think people would be very resistant to it. That's my gut feeling. Well, it, it needs to be part of the mortgage. Yeah. Like you already have to have cash for your property transfer tax, PTT, like Jared just said. Yeah. If you had to have cash for commission, cash for PTT, yeah. You know, for even the most um, average transaction, you have to have now $25,000 in cash. Yeah. On top of your down payment. Yeah. Well, and one thing too that I think is, is interesting because we've seen a lot of these companies in the States move to a pay for services instead of pay for commission. Right. And we talked about that and the disruptors are coming. Yeah, totally. Well, Purple Bricks just pulled out of the States and we've talked about it on the show before, but the problem is, A, your level of service drops huge. Um, You know, once you've hired that guy, you've paid him. There is (laughs) no difference in what he gets paid, whether you get the home of your dreams or you don't buy. He he does not care or whether you don't sell. and also, like you talked about before with the risk, if it doesn't sell, it doesn't matter. Like there is no skin in the game for that that agent. In fact, my understanding is that a lot of those systems, when you call in, you're not even talking to a specific agent. You get a call center and the call center is like, oh, you'd like an open house? That'll be $200. <laughs> we'll, we'll send an agent. We'll send somebody to you. Yeah. Your Uber is on the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, paying for it all in advance could uh, could get quite expensive, especially if you don't sell, and then you end up hiring a realtor and paying, paying a, a commission on top of all that money you yeah, lost. Yeah, I think as far as all the stuff we've laid out here about how it it can go, is that ultimately the majority of the time my interactions with sellers, because the seller is the one who thinks they're paying the commission. Yeah, I think the buyers should have an understanding that effectively they are paying it. It's it's very much taken into account, but the sellers are the ones that who feel like they're writing the check. Yeah, they say to me it was worth it. Like they look back on it. I've had a, a number of them over the last few years say to me after the transaction, "Go, you know what? You did a lot of work. You provided a lot of service, mm. and uh, maybe I was a bit hard on the commission at the beginning when we were signing the contract, but I really see a lot of value in what what actually was delivered. It's mm. so hard before, you know, when you're just signing this piece of paper to say sure. I'm going to put you to work, Matt and Jer, right? Yeah. But when it was all said and done, they realized they're like, wow, you guys put in a lot of physical time here at the property. We know all the other interactions we had, all the planning that was going on, all the advertising that was happening. And they add it all up and they go, yeah, that was worth it. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, they're like $20,000. Oh my gosh, $20,000. Yeah, they're big numbers, right? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. I, I mean, I, let's not pretend like that, that is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but it's in, I want to pretend like. <laughs> I don't want to make it seem like that money is not important to us, mm-hmm. um, and but we're not overpaid in a sense. We're not rolling around in a lot of money. Well, so much of what comes in goes out. Oh, the the cost <laughs> of running a, a real estate machine and properly marketing a listing is very expensive, and there are a lot of different parties getting paid in that transaction. I mean, right off the bat, there's a bare minimum of four, assuming there are no teams because the buyer's brokerage gets paid, the buyer's agent gets paid, the seller's brokerage gets paid, and the seller's agent gets paid. And I mean, right off the bat, you're chopping that up four ways, and then it goes even, and then you've got to pay for marketing. Like, And then there's the risk, what happens when it doesn't sell? There's... 
There's a lot more. Like, it's a big number, but it's not just like, oh, I paid $20,000 and Matt got $20,000 for selling my home. Like, that's that's not how that plays and, out. And that's the confusion, yeah. right? Is that, and I will always call the money that comes in revenue. Right. I had to push that so hard in this office through some of our, our managerial staff. Mm-hmm. We'd have these office meetings and they'd call it income. They'd call it income. I said, stop referring to it as income. Right. That is not an individual's income. Yeah. That is revenue for your business. Yeah. And you were going to use that revenue to pay for your business because, especially to the managers too, Mike, you have an office. You're charging office fees. From that revenue comes the cost of existing as an agent, just administering your business, renting office space, you know, just the basic fundamentals of operating a business before it can become income. And then there's right. all the other things that we pay out that we contract. We get, we essentially work under contract and then we contract, we subcontract other work to facilitate the bit, the work. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of times, like there's the sales position, but you're also quarterbacking a lot of different things that happen in, in the, in the sale quarterbacking. Jerry is a basketball term. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard that. <laughs> but, um, you know, well, like you said, you're getting the photographer, the photographer like gets paid. The seller doesn't pay the photographer. You pay the photographer. Yeah, and we facilitate it. We discover that person. We make sure they're competent and qualified. And that's one of a ton of different people. (laughs) Like, there are a lot of people. um, One of my favorite real estate speakers is Brian Buffini, and he he used to always say, uh, real estate is the uh, straw that stirs the drink (laughs) in the economy, um, which I think is a fun little ridiculous saying. But there's a lot to that. Every real estate deal, there are a lot of people who, like, photographer, floor plan, strata councils. I mean, strata councils are taking Ooh, yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> like, yeah, we're paying out all sorts of funds. So I, I only really want to say that because I don't want people to think when we use this sort of rough $20,000 commission, $10,000 goes to Jeff, $10,000 goes to the New West guys, that we're not banking ten grand in our, our bank accounts. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a complicated business that we're running professionally and with all of those expenses at the end of the day, you know, sure, we end up with a pretty comfortable lifestyle if we work hard and pull all the transactions together. Yeah. But we work for it, you know, 362 days a year. Realtors don't get paid. Um, (laughs) But there's a lot that goes into it. And there's, there's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, and, you know, and it it can pay out quite well when things are going well. Now, if, if you're hiring your, your college drinking buddy (laughs) and he does three deals a year, Maybe not a whole lot of work is going into it, but but the the vast majority of professionals who are running a business, um, yeah, that, that that's a machine that keeps going, that eats money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, is that going to do it for our conversation? Did you guys have anything else you wanted to to add? It's all the usual things I could think of, including I imagine there's got to be some questions on the minds of our listeners that we missed something. How could they ever possibly get a hold of us? I have Matt? a. I have one of our listeners has a question. Um, did Did you end up getting paid for that subject removal? It's a good thingy question. That just to follow up on, or did that just collapse? Oh, um, uh, yes, I got a fee uh, agreement. In you had to go that route. You in, couldn't get an email saying, "Yeah, we're good." I'll, oh, by I'll fee pay agreement, you. I mean I got it in writing. I didn't. Okay. I didn't do an actual, but we got their brokerage to confirm with our brokerage that they weren't gonna gonna mess around. Um, if anybody has any clue, doesn't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the old episode. We this is follow up to a discussion. It was either 64 or six. It would have been. I think it was just last episode. You brought it up. Yeah, 64. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it wasn't messy. It was pretty 
No, it. Uh, we we got it all sorted. Are she messing with you? It, it, they played like, around with it for a bit, but it. Um, we got it there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, you know all that feedback that our listeners send, but I, we, I feel like we missed something in this conversation. Someone's listening and going like, "Man, I really wish you had touched on this." Sure. Yeah. Right. Please tell me somebody. Somebody sent an email or. a yeah, probably an email. Feedback at morealestateshow.com. Or if you'd like to take a take a look, gander at Matt's spreadsheet, uh, send us an email. Like, you only get to see that if you're... Show, show, <laughs> the listeners want to see Matt's spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the commission spreadsheet. You only get to see that if you're interviewing us to sell your house. There you go. So, All right. And if you do want to interview Matt or Jer, you can reach them at thenewwestguys.com. We're still there. What are you talking about? Yeah, we're still there. That's still our, our website. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. Why are you interrupting my flow? It's <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep things interesting. Yeah, so they're at thenewwestguys.com. If you want to get a hold of me, Jeff McLennan, I am at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you guys very much.